Hello, and welcome to the This Girl Loves Sleep podcast, the show that will help your entire family bring back bedtime. Each episode, sleep expert Alana McGinn discusses your burning sleep questions and provides you with tangible sleep tips and tricks to help you create your own sleep plan for your family. Whether it's how to extend your baby's naps, end bedtime battles with your toddler, or help you sleep better at night, this podcast talks all things sleep to help you and your family get the sleep you deserve. With colleagues, friends, and other wellness experts, Alana discusses all lifestyle topics that you want more information on. Are you ready to bring back bedtime? Here's your host, sleep educator, mom of three, and pop culture fanatic, Alana McGinn. Guys, you don't have to be sleep deprived just because you have a baby. If you think you are destined to months of no sleep after having a baby, think again. I am going to be your guide in teaching your baby how to become a champion sleeper with the same compassionate and practical wisdom I've used to help thousands of families get better sleep. You are the expert at your baby's sleep. No, really, you are. And I'm going to teach you how to use your knowledge about your baby to create a personalized sleep plan grounded in the science of sleep. I want to introduce you to my first book in the This Girl Loves Sleep series titled This Baby Loves Sleep. In This Baby Loves Sleep, I debunk the myths about baby sleep that may be keeping your little one from getting the rest he or she needs. I use the newborn weeks as the foundation for building good sleep habits. I apply my four good night sleep tools as the basis for your baby's sleep plan. And I help your baby fall asleep on his or her own throughout the night without your assistance. And we prioritize maternal and paternal mental health during your baby's infancy. This is the baby sleep book that every tired parent needs to own. You won't be skipping any chapters with this one. I made it my mission to create an easy to read, easy to apply and plan sleep book that gets to the heart of what's going on with your baby's sleep quickly and insightfully so that you can start applying these practical science-based baby sleep steps that have helped thousands of our families as early as tonight. So what's inside this baby loves sleep? You're going to learn newborn know-how. You will learn to recognize the connection between your newborn's brain development and sleep. I write about sleep environment. Understand the important role that sleep environment plays in your baby's sleep. We're going to talk about schedules, guys. It's the question we get asked so often from our families. So you are going to learn the biologically appropriate times your baby should be awake and asleep based on age and development. The approach, you will be able to find the sleep training method that works best for you and your baby. And guys, who's ready for longer naps? You will be able to unlock the secrets of restful and longer and I mean it, guys, longer naps. You're going to get all the answers to your most common baby sleep dilemmas. I wrote this book with you in mind because I remember what it was like to be exhausted and needing information, safe, practical, research-based information that I could apply to my baby sleep plan stat. This Baby Love Sleep is the baby sleep book that will help your baby learn the important skill of independent sleep, helping your family get the sleep they need. 
You can find a link to purchase this baby love sleep over at goodnightsleepsite.com and it's available to download now. That's right. You can start reading it within seconds and your baby can start sleeping soundly before you know it. Hi, everyone. I'm Alana McGinn, founder of goodnightsleepsite.com, a website offering sleep support and resources for you and your family. You can head over to Goodnight Sleep Site to find out how you can work with a goodnight consultant who can help you with each step along the way to creating your family sleep plan. The ongoing struggle between parents, providers, and a child's sleep is one that continues, one that I hear from both sides of the party and one that doesn't need to happen. Now, I'm not painting this struggle across the board as sometimes it doesn't happen, but more times than not, we at Goodnight Sleep Site are seeing sleep struggles with babies and children and parents and providers working towards separate plans. This episode is made for you, the parent, and you, the provider, and I hope to be a voice for both of you to help babies and children sleep better. So you've come to that time where your child needs to start daycare. And we speak to many parents that are in that boat. We've also worked with a lot of providers that are taking on parents that are starting a daycare. Sleep tends to be a struggle. So to help keep your baby or your toddler on a regular sleep routine, everyone needs to be on board. And that doesn't just mean mom and dad. Childcare providers must also be aware of your usual routine and attempt to maintain it as much as possible. And this can be a struggle for both the parent and the provider. And like I said, guys, I hear it from both sides almost every day. Communication around these key issues is essential when working together to ensure your child is getting enough sleep. It's important to have some common understanding early on and develop a shared game plan. So let's start with the obvious and something that, you know, would seem like a step that you would take is one that I talk to parents about all the time is when you are starting the process of looking for a daycare, a provider, whether it be an in-home daycare, whether it be a center, whether it be with your grandparents, it's always important before you choose one to ask the questions. So ask them, you know, what are their nap schedules for their babies? If you're gearing it more towards, you know, obviously a, a daycare at home or a center where there's more kids and there's other kids being taken care of is, you know, what is the nap schedule like? Do you provide more than one naps to a child who is in the ages of 12 to 15 months? Often we tend to see that age group dropping down to one nap when they're not quite ready to do so. So ask the questions and really, you know, I understand that there is so much involved in which daycare you decide. Like there's so much involved in that decision more so than just you know, how they're going to have your child sleep. I get that. Um, but starting off with the least knowing that and making sure that if you can choose a daycare or a provider that can definitely work with you on your child's sleep routine and on your sleep plan, that's really going to help long-term. So again, stating the obvious here, but make sure that you're asking those questions in those interviews when you're choosing the right provider for you. Okay. So you've chosen the provider 
you know, your child's going to them. Now, how can parents and the provider work together? So the first thing that we always want to focus on is a consistent sleep environment. So motion sleep, where your baby falls asleep, whether it's in a stroller or a car seat, when this happens, remember we aren't allowing their brain to get into that deep restorative sleep that they need to, to keep that sleep debt at bay, right? So encouraging a dark, quiet, and stationary sleep environment is always best. So what can parents do? At home, create a familiar, dark, quiet, and cool sleep zone for both naps and for night sleep. Stay consistent with this, and this will help your child feel secure and safe in their sleep environment. For providers, choose a room or an area that is designated for sleep and have the same child or children in that room every day. And again, parents, ask these questions. You know, where is the child going to sleep? Is this going to be a consistent sleep zone? Will they be sleeping in this area or this room every day? Providers encourage parents to bring something familiar from home, like a blanket or a stuffed animal that they can cuddle and soothe themselves with. You know, parents, you can bring crib sheets that have that familiar smell of home. Um, and providers, you can put that on uh, the sleep space on the crib or a playpen sheet. You know, if the child's sleeping in a playpen, those familiar items from home are going to help your child feel more safe and secure in this new sleep space. Okay. And here's a sleep tip. A white noise machine can help mask out any kind of external sounds, maybe from other children at the daycare, right? Use one that runs continuously throughout the nap. And mom and dad, if you use one in your little one's bedroom, buy another one to leave at their daycare. So funny story, I was at my cousin's baby shower and I had bought her a travel white noise machine that you hook onto the baby's car seat for, you know, those newborn trips. My daughter was so excited to, you know, she wrapped the present and she was so excited to give it to her. And, you know, she was unwrapping all the presents and she hadn't unwrapped ours yet. She was unwrapping somebody else's and that someone else's gave her the same white noise machine. And my daughter just looked like crestfallen. She was so upset because she's like, oh my gosh, she's going to open our present. And we got her the same thing. Like, this is so awful. And I'm sitting there smiling, like just happier than anything. And sure enough, my cousin opened the present. She gave me that look like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, keep them both. Do not return them because now you have one to use at home. And eventually when baby goes off to daycare, you can bring that one there. So guys, two white noise machines are key. So if you can get to buy some inexpensive ones, keep one at home, give one to grandma and grandpa or to, you know, at their daycare, and then you don't have to worry about carting them back and forth. Okay. You also want to be creating regular sleep patterns and getting your child to sleep through the night. Guys, this is the biggest struggle as we know, right? And this is the biggest struggle on both ends. Parents want their childcare provider to follow their routine and providers wish parents would establish more of a routine with their child to prevent the little ones from show, showing up tired and grumpy. Am I right, providers that are listening, right? One of the biggest components to healthy sleep is for your child to learn to fall asleep on their own. And the expectations cannot be on the provider to do it when you're not around. So parents, it's encouraged to teach your child the skill of independent sleep and a consistent routine before working with a provider. Trust me, 
This helps with the daycare transition because that transition is a big one. So start to practice a consistent soothing routine and avoid the associations of rocking, holding, and nursing your child to sleep. Again, guys, this isn't on the provider to do. This is on mom and dad to do, okay? Providers, if you feel that a child needs too much help falling asleep and isn't getting the sleep they need, make the parents aware of the situation, okay? Together, you can teach the child the skills that they need to fall asleep on their own, okay? An important takeaway and one that I'm always talking to parents who are starting the daycare process is make bedtime earlier during the daycare transition, okay? I know it's hard. Listen, I know that you're going back to work. So for me to tell you to make bedtime earlier, you're probably thinking, yeah, right. How am I going to do that? Because now I have to, you know, get my child back from daycare. I have to go home. I have to make dinner. I want to see my child and love and hang out with my child before they go to bed. How am I ever going to make it earlier? You have to do whatever you can do, obviously. I mean, you have to, you know, I'm giving you these recommendations. You have to apply whatever you can, but here's what you have to understand. This is a really big transition and your entire family is going through the change, not just your child, but you as well. Likely if your child's starting daycare, it's because, you know, you have to go back to work. So there's going to be a change in routine. Your child's going to feel that energy coming from the house, whether it be more stress, whether it be more anxiety for whatever reason, like these are all normal things during this transitional phase of going back to work and starting daycare. Your child might not be sleeping as well while they're adjusting to the new daycare during the day, right? They might be waking up earlier in the morning to get to daycare. Their naps won't be as great in the beginning because they're getting used to their daycare. So we need to make up for all this lost sleep. We need to make up for this new energy that's maybe flowing through the house with that earlier bedtime. So whatever you can do to encourage as early a bedtime as you can create, I really do recommend that you do so, okay? And this is where it's so important to have open communication between both the parent and the provider. So for the providers, parents can be flexible with bedtime according to the quality of sleep that their child gets during the day. Morning drop-offs and evening pickups can be a whirlwind of rushing, right? But it's so important to open up the communication between both the parent and the provider. So parents, make it a priority in the morning to tell your provider how your child slept through the night. Having this information will allow your provider to therefore make the best decisions in terms of how your child naps throughout the day, okay? And providers, let parents know at pickup how their child slept through the day. Parents can then decide on an appropriate bedtime armed with that information. So if they know, you know, hey, you know, your child didn't have the greatest naps today, you know now going home, parents, that you really need to factor in an earlier bedtime. If, you know, little Alice or little Joey had a great nap and, you know, had a great day and naps were good, then, you know, maybe you can push bedtime out of bed and have a little bit more of a relaxed dinner. So again, guys, arming yourselves, both parent and provider with that information is really going to help make bedtime that much easier, therefore help your child sleep better at night, therefore help your child wake up better in the morning, and therefore help your child nap better during the day, which is so important during this transition to daycare, guys. I hope that this episode provided you both with tangible sleep tips that both parties can use. Again, guys, I hear from both sides of the coin, so I really want to make sure that I 
tried to be a voice to both. I would love your feedback. Providers, please let the community at Good Night Sleep Site know, you know, what you would wish parents could could understand about their child's sleep at daycare. Parents, please reach out and let us know what providers need to know and work together, you guys. You guys are a team. We are on the same page. We want to work together. We want the best for these kids. And I really hope that some of these sleep tips help you guys. So thank you so much for joining me. And remember, guys, do not go anywhere because coming up, I'm opening up my sleep clinic, answering two of your sleep questions. Until next time, I wish everyone sweet dreams and a good night. All right, guys, it is time to open up my sleep clinic where I'm able to answer your sleep questions that you've submitted to me through Instagram and Twitter. If you want your sleep questions possibly answered on an upcoming episode, make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Both are at GN Sleep Site, and you can message me your sleep questions there. So this was a really, normally I I put a call out on my Instagram and say, hey guys, I'm recording, you know, whatever the topic is for, for this episode of This Girl Loves Sleep, you know, what is your question? I posted the daycare question and man, did you guys ask? And I love it. So I'm actually going to be answering more than just my usual two for the sleep clinic. So let's start with the first one. At Amanda G19 asked, daycare told us to provide a blanket. At the time, I didn't think it was safe because of smothering. When is it safe? So we always want to be following safe sleep practices. You definitely want to make sure, again, in that interview process, guys, be talking to your provider. Make sure that they're following all those safe sleep practices. Your child shouldn't be having, your baby shouldn't be having anything in their crib until they are at least 12 months of age. So that means no stuffed animals, no blankets, no bumpers, no nothing. Okay. So if your provider asks for a blanket, your child is um, a year of age uh, or younger, definitely let them know this. Sleep sacks can work great as layering items. So if the daycare is a little cool and they're thinking that your child needs that extra layer, obviously pack warmer layers. So warmer pajamas, a sleep sack can be a great layer, but really guys, cribs, sleep areas that your child's sleeping in should be clear. Always practice those ABCs of safe sleep, whether your child's sleeping in their home, whether they're sleeping in a daycare setting alone on their back and in a crib with nothing inside. Okay. So no blankets until your child is at least a year of age. Normally we recommend it to hold off until about 18 months of age. And that's when you can start incorporating maybe like a toddler size pillow and a blanket as well. Um, you can bring familiar items to help your child transition easier. So, and I mentioned this in the episode, so things like familiar PJs, crib sheets, to bring in those familiar smells, those familiar feels, all of those items are fine, but definitely ask the questions in that initial interview, does your provider practice safe sleep practices? And I will have to say all the providers that I've always spoken to in the past and the providers that we have worked with, worked with always have, because obviously it's just as important to them as it is to you. At Spira82 says, as an ECE, so early child care provider, we strive to meet the expectations of the family and the needs of the child. So I do love this. And, and I know that there are so many providers out there who want to work with parents and really put the plans together that is with the best interest of the child. So again, guys, it's all about communication, right? Ask the questions in the interview. Providers, 
ask the questions to the parents, you know, make sure that both parties are on the same page in terms of your child's sleep needs. So um, at Spirit 82, thank you so much for sending that in. It was so great to hear from an actual provider. And I know that you do. And I know that there's so many phenomenal providers out there that strive to meet the expectations of the family and the needs of the child. So Thank you for all that you guys do. I mean, we families are so thankful for you guys. Absolutely. A few asked what happens if my one-year-old still takes two naps, but the daycare only offers one. This is such a common issue that we hear. I'll be honest, that really is the one thing that I wish was different with some providers because we do tend to see it more often than not where a child is being forced to transition to one nap before they are developmentally ready, biologically ready. Really, we don't recommend transitioning from the two to one nap until a child is at least 15 to 18 months of age. Because that transition to daycare, like I mentioned in the episode, is such a big one and is such a big transition and play such a toll on a child's sleep debt because, you know, A, they're sleeping in a different space. So they're probably getting less sleep. They're probably not napping as well. So they're getting less sleep. And now on top of that, we're removing a nap. That's a lot for a little kiddo to go through. We really would like to see those those children being able to hold on to, to two naps as long as they can, whether it's possible or not. Let's say it's not possible, and I know for some providers, it's just not. For the parents, we do recommend, again, this is where the early bedtime comes into play, guys. And I know, again, it's hard coming home from work. Now is not the time to be forcing an early bedtime. You know, now is when you want that later bedtime. But, you know, coupled with sleep not being the best quality, given the transition they're going through, couple that with removing a nap before perhaps they're ready to, age appropriately ready to, we really need that early bedtime. So try and get that early bedtime um, as best you can. And then you can still offer the two naps on the weekend. So you can offer the two naps on the weekend to get them a little bit caught up on the sleep. It's not gonna totally catch them up, but a little bit caught up on the sleep. And just keep in mind that when they're making that initial transition and initial adjustment to the daycare, try and keep the first month, maybe two months of weekends kind of clear where you're not packing in too much activity over the weekend so that you guys can have um, that sleep and that rest or your child can have that sleep and that rest during the day that they might be missing out on during the week and that they might need on the weekends, okay? At Stein765 asked, how do I get a two-year-old who's used to napping in a room alone to share a room for nap time? So that's a huge adjustment for a kid for sure. And we we tend to see that happen where, you know, when, especially when they're at a center, kids are going to be napping together, you know, absolutely. So, you know, here's where you kind of start opening up the communication about sleep health with your kids so that they understand the importance of taking the nap. They know that that is not playtime. And again, this, this really falls on both the parents and the providers actually to really make sure the child is aware that, you know, this isn't time to play. This is time to close your eyes and try to get to sleep. Bringing those familiar items from home will definitely help those little stuffies, you know, give your stuffy a cuddle and really kind of, you know, try and close your eyes and go to sleep. We know it's exciting time and there's other kids in the room and you're going to want to play, but now is the time to sleep. White noise machines can work really well at providers as well. They're going to really help to kind of drown out those external sounds. So if one kid is struggling with not being able to sleep, you know, he or she is not necessarily keeping the others up. So including some sleep tools that might work well. There's a lot of really cute and, you know, maybe not for two years of age, but maybe for the the older kiddos, 
who are trying to sleep, really cute child eye masks and things like that and sleep masks that a kid can wear that can help kind of not only black out that light and keep things nice and dark, but also it has a calming effect on the face with pressure points and things like that. So that's something that they can use as well. It might take time for them to transition to sleeping and sharing a room if they're not used to obviously sharing a room at home with somebody. And this is, again, I'm saying it again, this is where that early bedtime comes into play too. And if you feel like your child isn't getting the best naps during the day because they are sharing a room and they're just not used to it yet, but they will get there, but they're not used to it yet, really make sure that you're making up with that lost sleep with an earlier bedtime at home. So I hope that that helps. So many great questions, guys. Thanks so much for sending those in. I hope I answered as many as I could. And I hope you found this episode helpful. There was so many requests for a daycare and sleep episode. So I'm so happy to be able to have done it for you guys. Have a great day, guys. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And be sure to check back for more episodes helping your family bring back bedtime. And to make sure you don't miss out, you can subscribe to the This Girl Loves Sleep podcast through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, basically wherever you get your podcasts. And download our free sleep resources at goodnightsleepsite.com slash podcast. And if you like what you hear, guys, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. That helps the This Girl Loves Sleep podcast reach even more families like yours who deserve better sleep.